Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute and talk about a product that we both love and use, and that is Simple Spectrum Supplement. Simple Spectrum is doctor formulated and third party tested, and they use only the highest quality of bioavailable ingredients. So it is free of all the junk and Simple Spectrum was designed with our kids and their sensory needs in mind. So it is unflavored dissolvable powder that is free of gluten, casein, added sugar, soy, Basically, it's everything you want and nothing that you don't want. Another reason why I love Simple Spectrum is because they are a brand that really educates and supports families, and they're putting out products that parents can trust. They also just recently came out with a fish oil that is awesome. I will say that we've been using Simple Spectrum for a while now, and when we first started using it with Logan, we really noticed a difference in his overall focus and attention, and that is something that the whole time we've been using it, we have continued to see the benefits of. So if it's something that you're interested in trying, you can go to their website. And if you use the code AIA at checkout, then you will receive free shipping on your order. So definitely, I totally recommend it. And like I said, if you want to try it, you can use the code AIA and you will get free shipping. Now on to the episode. everyone welcome to adventures in autism episode 160 i am megan carranza thank you so much for coming to listen if it is your first episode welcome so happy to have you and if you've been listening thank you so much for coming on back to the show and i just want to say thank you so much to everybody who listened to last week's episode and reached out i heard from so many of you that really enjoyed that episode with tiffany especially with her using her voice generating aac i'll be honest that is an episode that i just love and is really one of my favorites i have so many favorites at this point um, but having Tiffany on has been something I've been wanting for, for so long. And then, yeah, to get her, you know, using her AAC in action, she was just such an incredible guest. And again, she has taught me so much over the years. So I was thrilled to get her on the pod and so happy that so many of you enjoyed it just as much as I did. So thank you so much for just listening and for your feedback. As always, I just want to say if you are enjoying the show and you have not yet left a review on Apple Podcast or even just tap in that five star, it really, really helps people to find the show. I am very, very close to 200 ratings, which is very exciting. <laughs> um, so if you would be so kind to do that, I would appreciate it so much. And then other people can find the show as well. And speaking of people finding the show, today's episode, my guest is Nicole. And Nicole is a listener of Adventures in Autism. She's been listening for a while now. And I was really excited when Nicole reached out to me because they really do have a very unique journey with autism. Her son, Nathan, he will be 15 in December. So he's 14 and he was diagnosed with ADHD pretty young. I think around four or five. Um, but he was just diagnosed with autism last summer. So I won't share too many of the details here because we talk about that on the episode, but very interesting. I mean, obviously everyone has, you know, their own kind of unique journey and there's always like twists and turns, but I think so often there is kind of this like 
model of things where, you know, it's like, oh, the, we missed this milestone or this happened and that led to diagnosis. And I, I, I love hearing all kinds of stories, but especially these ones that are just a little bit different. And I know that, you know, as much as so many of the stories have similarities, um, there's so many people listening that I think can relate to all the differences. So, I mean, I say this all the time, but I really do love just like having all different kinds of people with all different stories on the show. And this one is a really good one. And Nicole is just awesome. She's such a sweetheart, so much energy and just really, really great to talk to. So I know you guys will love this episode. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. I'm super excited to have you. You and I were just chatting a little before and I feel like we this might be a long episode. <laughs> I, a lot, I a like lot to, to talk. talk. Yeah, well, you met your match here, girl. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm super excited to have you on because you guys do have sort of a unique journey into autism. I mean, we all do, obviously, but for for you guys just it's definitely different than most of the stories I've had on the show. So if you could kind of take us back to the beginning, I would love to hear. You bet. So uh, my son uh, is 14 and we just got our autism diagnosis last summer of 2020. Uh, So we have had a very interesting uh, journey Mm -hmm. to finding that diagnosis. Uh, but autism has always been there and we were kind of talking a little bit about that. We can talk about that more, but he's always been autistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just didn't know that that's what it, it was until much later. We had several touch points throughout his life where, He was uh, in front of different professionals, our area education agency, psychologists. Uh, He was diagnosed with ADHD uh, at five years of age. Uh, That was a tough time for me as a a mom to get the diagnosis, but it also explained some of the behaviors that he was exhibiting, and we were able to get him onto an IEP at school, and he did really well with all of that. But as I kind of shared with you, I always felt over the years there was something else and I couldn't really articulate what it was. I couldn't, I don't even know if I could now explain uh, what I was feeling or thinking about the way he was behaving, things he was doing. He was a good student academically and pretty well behaved most of the time. So I think he kind of flew under the radar. You know, there really wasn't anyone coming to me from school or, or anywhere else saying, hey, have you thought about this or that? So I thought, well, and here we go. But in the back of my mind, I think moms especially sometimes have that little feeling that there's something else. And uh, I certainly did. I didn't know much about autism back then. So uh, when he was in seventh grade, uh, he had been having a little bit of uh issues at school. Nothing, nothing crazy, but just, you know, some things. And I was talking with his guidance counselor, some social things and some behavioral things. And she said to me on a phone call one day, I'm not saying that this is what it is, but, and she went on to explain autism. 
and that he was exhibiting some behaviors that are commonly seen with uh, people with autism. And I have to tell you, Megan, it was actually a relief to me. And I know that's going to sound crazy because I know for a lot of parents, finding out their child has autism can be a really hard thing to hear and it can hit us really hard. But for me, because for so many years with him, I, I knew there was something else going on and I just didn't know what to call it or what it was. And I Googled things and I tried to look things up, but it never, you know, autism was never mentioned to me. So when she mentioned that, I went, oh my gosh, yes, I, I think, I think you're, I think you're right. And so we talked more about it. And of course I went online and was looking up some things and I actually went on a website that had some descriptors of um, autism. And it was like, someone was writing about my child. Of course you didn't have everything. It's, it's a spectrum, right? But there were so many things that I read and I thought, oh my gosh, he's been doing this his whole life or, oh my gosh, he's done that or, you know, and so it was actually kind of a relief for me to, to be quite honest with you. So we uh, ended up putting him back on an IEP. He had been off of one for quite a while because he'd been doing so well in school. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up uh, deciding to put him back on an IEP. The, uh, there's an autism consultant in our school district who observed him. She was kind of like, yep, <laughs> he is a classic you know, case. And I thought, okay. So we went forward right before the, the pandemic um, actually started down the IEP road. And then we were able to get into a specialist in the summer of 2020. And she did the formal evaluation and diagnosis of autism. She confirmed the ADHD. And so uh, it was, again, kind of a relief, to be honest with you, uh, and to to be able to, again, I don't like labels. I don't like, you know, things like that, but to be able to say, okay, this is what it is. And, you know, here's what we can do from here was helpful for me. Uh, again, as we were sharing earlier, the autism was always there. Mm -hmm. I look back and as a child, as a toddler, the characteristics that, that the behaviors he would, would exist. It's like, oh, that that's just classic, you know, and I just didn't know. And my family didn't know and we didn't know what to call it. So uh, that's kind of how we got to where we are. So in really learning and educating myself as much as possible since last summer about autism. Uh, autism, you know, makes him the unique, amazing guy that he is. Uh, he's a great kid, uh, but he also has some challenges as well that we work on and uh, it's been quite a quite a journey as a family um, and for him uh, we live in a school district that has you know uh, good you know great things in place side of things and so uh, that's where we're at right now and uh, you know we were talking earlier too with with autism um, you know, he has his diagnosis, technically, if you want to call it something is autism spectrum disorder level one, or some people call it high functioning, which I don't really like the, the high, low, all of those labels. But, um, you know, he has so many amazing and, you know, things that that make him who he is. And then there's things he's challenged with. It's a it's a mix. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Sometimes I don't know if it's just teenage hormones or if it's autism or if it's a mix of both, (laughs) but uh, he's a great kid. And uh, like I said, it was a relief for us to, you know, kind of have that confirmation so that we can move forward and support him and advocate for him you know, as much as we need to. And, uh, you know, he is aware, obviously, that he has autism. And also, I should him about me being on this podcast. And I told him what I would be sharing. And he was totally okay with it. Now that he's a little older, I want to, I always want to respect his, uh, you know, his privacy. He, this is his mm-hmm. journey, as well as it is our family's journey. So uh, he mm-hmm. was super excited about it. Um, he doesn't really openly, you know, share that he has autism. Um, I think, you know, being a teenager is hard enough and then adding in, you know, extra things. Um, he's not, you know, I would say ashamed of it at all. He just doesn't, you know, advertise it or anything, but I obviously let everybody at school, all his teachers and counselors and stuff know, um, obviously, and, and they are great to work with. We've had a lot of support, um, especially, you know, heading into high school. It's such a big transition. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how we, we got to where we are right now. Yeah. It, it's, it's so interesting. And like you and I were saying before, I feel like any, every parent, doesn't matter how old your child, when they get a diagnosis of autism, we all kind of just, it, it just feels like you're like just thrown into this world and there's so much to learn and there's like such a steep learning curve but I feel like for you guys it probably feels like that even more so because it's like you also are almost kind of playing catch up because you're like oh we've gone all this time and just like you said autism was always there but you didn't necessarily know or didn't, didn't see it because you weren't aware of like what autism was at that point. How has that been for you? I know you said you've been like educating yourself, which I think is amazing. Um, but just like this, this shift in, I, I don't know, you tell me. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. I've, I've been really trying to educate myself uh, so that I can be the best advocate for my son and support him and also to work with, you know, our school district and even to share things with family members or friends that may not really know much about autism either. And yeah, there's definitely things that, you know, throughout the years were challenging, um, some behaviors and things that he had that were challenging. And of course I didn't understand. We were, we were talking about food mm-hmm. a little bit earlier and his whole life, he has been an incredibly particular eater to the point where we have certain brands of things that we have to get because he can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple examples, um, there's a brand of fish sticks that he'll eat. And one time they were out, which I think that's every, you know, parent with a child with autism's nightmares when that brand of food that they'll eat is out at the store. <laughs> so I, I sent my husband to the store and he got a different brand of fish sticks, brought them home. They looked exactly the same everything we serve them to him. Cause that's one of the things he eats is fish sticks. Mm-hmm. And he looked at us and smelled them. He said, these aren't the same. <laughs> and we looked at each other like what in the world? And this was before autism. This was before right. we knew. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how in the world do you know these things that look exactly like the others are, are different? Um, there's just certain foods, you know, I think he has some aversion to certain foods uh, for sensory reasons and things like that. But uh, so food, or I would have people tell me, you know, he wouldn't always eat what we were eating. 
for dinner and I was talking to a friend and she said, well, you just make him eat it. You know, don't serve him two meals. Uh, you don't make him a special meal. You just, you know, he'll get so hungry, he'll eat it. And I told her, I said, I know this is going to sound crazy. And again, this is all before we knew he had autism. He won't eat it. I said, he will starve before he will eat, you know, whatever it is. It And what I, at the time I thought, well, he's just being difficult. Well, he wasn't. It, it, mm-hmm. It's not that. And to explain that to people who have, you know, typical kids, they don't always understand that they think I'm coddling him or that I'm babying him. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm really not. I'm, you know, we work with him. We always have him try, try to get him to try things. But if he doesn't want to, I don't, I don't really force him to, uh, especially now that he's older, it's almost impossible to, to, to get him to try new things, but mm-hmm. um, you know, they just didn't get it. And so that, those are some examples to me of like, wow, I wish I would have known, you know, back then, but now we know. And so now my approach to food is a little different than it was back then. And yeah, I feel like this past year has been definitely that crash course. Like I said, I'm trying to learn as much as I can. I learned what stimming was. He would always, um, when he would get excited about something, he would um, rock back and forth, like when he was really happy. And mm-hmm. he didn't really start that until till later, but uh, I didn't know what that was. I thought, why is he doing that? You know, well, yeah. now I understand that for him, it's a way to express himself. Um, and, and he does it when he's happy, sometimes when he's anxious, you know, and now I just let him rock away, you know, just go for it. Do, you know, do your thing. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, it's fine. I used to, when he was younger and he would do it, I would kind of say, no, sit still. You know, I didn't understand. Right. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to, to, to do better with that because now I know that it's yeah. okay for him to do it. And I don't care if he does it in public or at whatever. he can do it, you know, as much as he wants to, because I know it helps him to process those emotions and those feelings that he's having. Absolutely. It's, it's so funny because Ed, you know, to actually get the diagnosis, you're like, it probably sounds weird that it felt like a relief. It doesn't sound weird to me at all. I think maybe if you said that to a parent with a, a typical child, they might think that, but as you know, who has a child on the spectrum, I can only imagine how validating it probably felt for you after seeing this, you know, like years <laughs> years of these behaviors. And like you said, feeling like, why is he doing that? Like this, this seems, you know, different or quirky or whatever. And then to find out like, oh, this, like, it must've just felt like such a huge, like light bulb moment. It absolutely was Megan. It was a huge light bulb moment for me. And like you said, it was an assurance that, I wasn't imagining things or that I wasn't, you know, creating this in my head that he was doing these things, you know, over the years, just on and off, there would be things. And I would think, you know, gosh, that doesn't seem like an age appropriate response or, you know, with the stimming or the food or some of the other things and, or the, the special interests he had, you know, over the years, some special interests that have morphed over time and, and they're different now. Uh, but he would be so into certain topics and he could tell you everything about it and was super into everything. And I would think, well, that's, you know, a little bit different. But again, I didn't didn't know uh, that that was, you know, part of it, too. And so it was, again, affirming for me 
to hear the guidance counselor mention autism because, and then for it to actually be diagnosed and confirmed because it's like, okay, that explains a lot. It was a relief to me. And now I have an answer and I, we can move forward and we can ensure that we're getting him all the supports and finding resources for him that he might need. Uh, and, and so again, very reaffirming for me. And I understand that isn't always the experience. So I certainly don't want anyone that's had a different reaction to feel, you know, different about that. Like I said, when he was diagnosed with ADHD, that really hit me. He Mm -hmm. was so young and I went through the whole thing of what did I do wrong? What did I not know? What did I miss? How could this happen to us? Uh, Whereas when the autism diagnosis happened, it was more like, oh my gosh, that explains so much. And, you know, it was, it was a different feeling at that time. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that for you. So I just think it's like, <laughs> it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm just happy for you guys. that it's like, I feel like you probably, yeah, felt like you like finally like had like the key to, you know, this, this house that had been locked up for so long. And now you're like, oh, we're in the house. Like we get it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it was, it was that way. It, it really yeah. was. And now we can, we can go to our family and we can understand, uh, yeah. you know, I, again, like I said, I've been, my response has been to kind of educate myself, my husband, um, you know, I've shared things with him as I learn them and kind of explain things and, you know, and so he's also learning too and understanding different things as well. So it's been, and, and, and our son as well, the way we explained it to him, you know, cause he was older, we said autism just means your brain's just wired a little differently and you just mm-hmm. kind of think about things a little differently. We didn't want him to, you know, feel one kind of way or another about it. We just wanted him to, to know that this is just how your brain, you know, is wired. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause he was, you know, he isn't a child who, you know, kind of openly shares it at this point. He's not ashamed of it or anything like that, right. but he isn't going around telling everyone he's on the spectrum either. But I wanted him to know I've seen different posts and things, but when you should tell your child that they have autism and I felt like it was important for him to know that, Mm -hmm. uh, so that he understood what it, what it is and, and that sort of thing, um, you know, as he gets older and how it impacts him and, and things that he's doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like as a a person, like as an individual, we're always, you know, hoping like just have a better concept of like self and understanding ourselves and I can imagine kind of similarly for you as a parent how it's like you're you want to understand your child better um I just feel like for for all of you guys it, it must have just like how you said it felt like a relief like that really does make sense it it does and I think you know there are probably some people out there right now that might have some of the same suspicions that I, I did and just really what that, you know, they're not sure, or maybe they're even a little fearful, you know, yeah. to, to go in and have an evaluation done. And I would just encourage them that, you know, to, if you have unanswered questions or you have concerns or you are thinking that there could be, you know, something, whatever the outcome is, uh, everybody responds to that a little different. I was someone who just wanted to know, mm-hmm. uh, some people don't want to know, but they don't want to know because they're afraid or they're concerned or, or scared. And I would just encourage them that once you know, and you have that answer for me anyway, it was just this 
it was just at this affirmation for me. And then I felt like, okay, now I know how I can move forward and help him and how we as a family can move forward. And the, with the school too, we're a partner, you know, with them. And so it's, it's, um, important for me that they know who he is as an individual. Uh, and so as he, especially with high school, because I feel like, I mean, gosh, being a teenager is hard enough, but when Mm -hmm. you add autism into the mix or ADHD into the mix, uh, and you're someone like my son who is, uh, is on the spectrum, that level one, you know, you see him and you think, oh, he's, you know, this typical teenager, you know, but when you start to talk to him, or you're a teacher and you observe him in a classroom, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's not a typical teenager. There's something there. And um, so it's been affirming. And I think if you have an older child that you think might be on the spectrum and you just haven't gotten that diagnosis or haven't had the evaluation, I would just encourage people to, to do it just because it does kind of help you and your family navigate through things a little bit. I know it helped us. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that is an important thing to talk about regardless of how old your child is. I think there's a lot of people probably in that camp just, you know, being fearful. Totally relate to that. I had a lot of those same things. Um, but I think especially with, in regard to like a label, I think there are, there are definitely people out there that have that that impression of like, oh, I, I don't want my child to have this, this label, mm-hmm. I don't want them to be, you know, targeted. Um, but I think your story is like a perfect example of how you said like autism was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know. And I think it's so important for people to hear that and know like, you know, th- this label didn't change your child. And I say that a lot. And I remember feeling that way and coming to that realization with Logan, granted, he was a four-year-old. So it's like, for you guys, you had like so much more time to mm-hmm. just really like get to know him and, and, and see these mm-hmm. quirks, his personality, his behavior, and know that like, this is just who he is. And mm-hmm. the, the label of autism doesn't change anything. And I think it's important for people to hear that because I think so many people are kind of scared of the label. I'm using air quotes, but like (laughs) the label actually really means nothing. Absolutely. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. The the fact that he has been diagnosed with autism does not change anything about the kid that he is. He's a great kid. He's got a great sense of humor. He's, He's just a great guy. And it's like you said, it was always there. So it having that formal diagnosis changes nothing for me in terms of my parenting of him, other than the fact that I'm, I'm now a little more educated on some things. (laughs) Um, it, he, he is who he is and, and it's not, you know, and again, everybody has a different perspective, but I don't see it as a negative, (laughs) I guess. I don't see autism as a negative. I think it is an awesome thing that makes people unique and who they are. We all have uniqueness about us. And the fact that someone might have a diagnosis or doesn't have a diagnosis, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make them the person that they are. And so I would just really encourage people to not be fearful of that, that your child is still going to be the awesome kid they are, autism or not. And so it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's not that at all. It's, um, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another thing that I, I you know, I were kind of talking about 
is really important to talk about. Like you said, when your son was diagnosed, he got a diagnosis of level one. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that comes up a lot, uh, just like within the autism community is like the sort of, you know, we're trying to do away with these labels of like, we said, like high functioning, low functioning. But I think especially when you have someone who is being described as more like quote unquote high functioning, it can almost be seen as like, they're saying it like almost like a compliment, like, Oh, well, Mm. you know, your child's high functioning. But what people don't always understand is that is really diminishing a lot of, you know, areas where they may really need the support. But if you slap this label of high functioning onto them, it's like that just kind of like washes away everything. And it's really, it's unfair to that individual because yeah, they, they still need the support. How, how has that been for you? Like, especially in this, this whole crash course of like learning all this stuff, um, just like adapting to just kind of where he's at. Right. It's, it's been interesting because I totally agree with you. I don't like the labels either. I think when you call someone, you know, someone with autism, who's high functioning, it does diminish the fact that there are definite challenges and and needs that he has. My son certainly has them. Um, And then, you know, on the opposite side of that saying someone's low functioning diminishes, you know, that's offensive. It diminishes all the amazing, awesome qualities that make them who they are and all the capabilities and things that they have. So yeah, I agree with you. I don't like the labels. And I think speaking specifically to the high functioning side, I, I agree with you in that, um, for us specifically, like I said earlier, you know, you see him and, and you see him and you just see a typical teenage boy, but there are definitely things that he needs help with, you know, socially, uh, he struggles with, uh, navigating, you know, communication, social communications, friendships, things like that. Um, he definitely has a lot of rigid thinking and some other things, but, you know, it's, those aren't things when I talk to people about them, they're like, well, that's, you know, that's not a disability. That's not that. Well, no, I don't like to call it a disability, but at the same time, it presents challenges for him, you know? And so, um, the high functioning, like I'm doing air quotes now too, um, label, um, can be tough, uh, in certain ways because people don't, always understand to the level that he does need support and then he does need help in certain situations and it can be it can be challenging I think one of your and the reason why I connected with you initially was I listened to your podcast I think Erica was on and she had talked about her son and she felt like she had one foot in the autism world and one foot in the typical world and I totally resonated with that statement because there's so much about my son that is very quote unquote, you know, typical teenager. Mm -hmm. And then there are just a lot of things that aren't. And so uh, to be able to navigate that, you know, has been, been challenging. Um, And again, still learning a lot, still figuring a lot of things out, but um, it's been challenging. I think, again, I might've said this even earlier. Sometimes I don't know if his behavior is, you know, just being a teen or, (laughs) you know, what, what, what it is. And so you have to kind of navigate that carefully and, um, that sort of thing. But yeah, the labels are, the labels are tough. 
Yeah. And I think it's funny because even like the word disability and, and you mm-hmm. said like, I don't like using that word. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And I feel like mm-hmm. for me, like back in the beginning of our journey, I definitely like the word disabled, like really scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, again, we just need to take the stigma out of all these words because it's like, why, why, if, you know, autism isn't a dirty word, honestly, disabled isn't either. And I think a lot of times it's like, we hear these words that just kind of like sound big and scary, but that's only because of like the feelings that we're putting behind it. It doesn't mean that, you know, somebody who is disabled doesn't have something to offer and like bring to the table. Um, obviously like my life has changed a lot, like since Logan was diagnosed, but, um, for people who maybe aren't as familiar, my, my sister was diagnosed with with brain cancer last Mm -hmm. year and, you know, she has like a major vision impairment now. And like, she's coming Mm -hmm. to terms with the fact that like, she, she's a disabled, you know, adult now. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. definitely like, that was a really hard pill for her to swallow. But then her and I were just talking about recently and she's like, yeah, she's like, I don't, I don't know why it's like, we all have this like terrible connotation of like what it means to be disabled, but she's like, I'm, I'm a disabled person now. And she's like, I'm really like in many ways, no different than I was when I wasn't disabled. So it's really interesting how, yeah, it's like the, these words, they, they sound so scary and like they, they carry, like we have all these like preconceived of what they mean. But again, just like the diagnosis no so that's what I was saying is like it just it just means whatever it means to you you know right I I agree I I do think that words carry weight Mm -hmm. for for people and they can be scary and they can be uh, alarming when you hear hear them and everyone has a different perspective on that but I totally agree with you I think you know we're first and foremost we're human beings yeah. And we all have things that we bring with us into, into our life experiences. And for one, you know, like for, with your sister's example, you know, she has kind of the before, mm-hmm. you know, cancer and the after, and it's figuring out what is, what does this mean for, for me? You know, what, what does this mean for my life? And uh, how do I, continue to live my life and, you know, have my family and friends and work and activities and hobbies and social groups and all of those things with this kind of new uh, life experience that I'm, that I'm living. And for me, when I think about our experience with, with our son getting diagnosed so much later, I don't really feel like a lot has changed because to your comment earlier, he's still the same kid he was, mm-hmm. you know? And so nothing has changed in the sense that he's still the child that we had. He's, you know, the same child after. Yes. Am I more aware? And do I have more knowledge of, you know, autism and, and what it's about? Yes. And I think that's important, but it's the same. And I think the autism is like I said for me it was more of a relief because I finally had answers and I had parents that I hadn't been making all of this up and that I wasn't just imagining things so um, yeah words are words are tough and, and again everyone has a different perspective but for us you know it's like well okay you know this is this is what it is and we're gonna still be the same you know 
close loving family that we were, we still have an amazing child. He's our only child. So, um, you know, he's this awesome kid and, you know, we're just going to keep moving forward with him and, and whatever that, you know, may look like in the future, we're going to just, you know, support him and advocate for him and, uh, uh, enjoy him as our son. And, uh, he's been through, you know, this summer was a huge transition for him starting high school. Um, you know, we did driver's education this summer. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was interesting. He, yay. Uh, but you know, driving for people with, with autism can be hard. Um, we talked to the driving instructor before he started class and he had experience teaching people with autism to drive. And I was like, great, that's awesome. So I think that really helped. Uh, and he did a great job. We, he still needs a lot of practice. He's still not ready to drive by himself yet. He can't actually yet anyway, but so we keep working with him. My (laughs) husband, bless him, has been the one willing to take him out to practice. And he started marching band. Uh, this summer he used to had marching band camp and now he's doing marching band. And so that has been uh, a big transition for us. So, uh, you know, we're just still the same family we were and trying new things and letting him experience, you know, high school and all of its ups and downs and everything else. And, and we're not letting anything kind of get in the way of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we're also, I'm also realistic though, too. And I, think about things I think through things um in terms of you know how like with driver's ed you know how can we support him so that he can learn to drive and what I did look up kind of what makes driving maybe a little more challenging for someone with autism and uh so that's why I reached out to his driver's um, education instructor beforehand because I felt it was important that he know um that my son you know has autism and that um it could present some challenges. And he was like, yep, I totally, you know, understand that. I've had experience with other drivers with autism. So I know how to kind of adapt things if needed. And so um, we just keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so exciting that he's in driver's ed and marching band. (laughs) Just hearing all the stuff that he's up to. And you were telling me beforehand how you're like showing him how to like do the calendar like from his phone with his his scheduling and everything yes so up until this year I've really kind of been the one to handle appointments and schedules and practices and different things like that but with him starting marching band this fall and just with high school really needing him to take on more of the um, responsibility for certain things. Um, I started working with him this summer on getting the calendar on his phone set up with all of his, you know, band practices and different appointments that he has and things like that, because I need to teach him, you know, time management skills, but also, you know, this is why a calendar can be really helpful for you. You can set reminders on it all that sort of thing. I don't know how much he's, you know, really, I mean, I know he uses it, but um, so trying to teach him some of those skills that I know he will need as he, you know, grows older and goes on to life post high school and things like that. So we're teaching him about that. He's doing well with that. Um, But yeah, as well with marching band, you know, teaching him some of those skills about, you know, you're on a team now, basically, the marching band is in a sense a team and he's learning about that and and it's hard work, it's physically uh, demanding, you know, Mm -hmm. their practices, 
every morning and um, one night a week they have practice and then they have their games and things. And so it's really his first foray into a really intense extracurricular activity, but he mm-hmm. loves it. He plays the sousaphone and he absolutely loves it. So, uh, but it's, you know, for him, it's just explaining to him, like, this is you know, what you have to do to, to put into this, to make, you know, to be successful and to be a part of the team and that sort of thing. So um, he's doing a great job with it. It's just, we, we work with him on these things and, uh, and so far he's, he's doing pretty well with those. So we're excited and excited to see, you know, kind of what comes next with high school. He's, uh, not sure, you know, after high school, what his plans are going to be yet, but, um, it's, it's been good so far. Yeah. Well, he's still got some time, so that's good. <laughs> yes. He jumps around at one point years ago, he wanted to be a paleontologist. Now he's super into, um, boats and he wants, he loves the Titanic. So oh. he loves the Titanic and he loves, um, like world war two era, like, uh, naval ships so he thinks he might want to either go into the navy or the coast guard or be a boat captain (laughs) oh very cool um, we live in the midwest and we're landlocked so i don't know how that's going to work out but we'll figure it out (laughs) (laughs) i love that well i I love that he's got he's got some things on the horizon he's cooking up he does he's got some some big plans and uh and i love to see him you know, be creative. He's also really creative. He loves art, loves creating art and doing things with that. He has, um, we have a, a organization where we live that has, um, groups for people with, where students with autism, school, high school students with autism. And a part of that, they do some music therapy and art therapy. And he was able to get some private art lessons this summer, which was super exciting. He loves being creative uh, that kind of thing. So that was really fun to see him get to experience that as well. That's awesome. That sounds like a great program. Yeah, it was, it was great. He had a great time. That is, I love that. Well, I'm, I love hearing about how he's doing now. I always think it's so interesting. Like so many of my listeners and, and, you know, I have young, a young child on the spectrum. So I just, I love just even hearing like about the calendar app. I think that's so I think it's important to, I feel like we got to meet our kids where they're at. And it's like, obviously when you have a teenager, you know, it's like, you don't want to give them too much responsibility, but you, you want to keep things, you know, age appropriate. And I can totally see like, as Logan gets older, you know, we have like sort of the like color board kind of calendar now. And I can, I can see like, as he gets older, transitioning then to like the phone app of like, here's your calendar, like here's schedule and yeah just just like those transitions as as our kids get older and just kind of like modifying where they're at exactly and you know I was this summer is when we really kind of started focusing on the calendar and I thought well is he ready for this you know we've always had a calendar on a refrigerator and he would look at that and write things in on that but I thought with school you know especially with high school where he goes to high school he needs to be able to keep track of these things as well and uh, he's just had his own cell phone for, um, the past few years, he, he swears he was the, the only child in his entire middle school that did not have a cell phone. So we finally <laughs> broke down and got him a cell phone, but I, you know, there's, there's really nice things that come with that, which includes a calendar. And so he can use that now and put things in there and keep it updated. I do, I do check in with him on that to make sure that he's got things updated. I know that in, 
teaching him these things, you know, I know that is he ready to completely control his own schedule and do whatever he wants to do? No, but I know that Mm -hmm. having the calendar app is like that really first step for him and getting to the place where he can manage his own schedule and handle things that way for himself. Yeah, it's it's like planting those seeds for tomorrow. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, that's one of my jobs as a parent is to help prepare him for life, you know, post high school, whatever that looks like, you know, and I think too, that's something that, you know, as a parent, you know, we all kind of have this vision of, you know, what our, our child or children might. And just within this past year, I've kind of had to, to kind of shift my thinking around what that might look like for him. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a a crystal ball. I can't predict what post high school, you know, adult life is going to look like, Um, you know, we want to support him and, and help him to accomplish whatever goals or dreams he might have, but it might look a little different. You know, he may um, go on to college. He may not, he might, you know, do something else and that's okay. And uh, I'm just excited, you know, for him to get out there and experience that, but whatever that looks like. And I think sometimes too, that can be a fear for people, you know, in getting that diagnosis or getting that um, evaluation or whatever that is, what does that mean for us as a family? What does that mean for my child? What is this going to change? And to your point earlier, it doesn't really change your child. It might mean something changes in a little bit in how they have to do some things or something like that. But for him, I feel like, you know, it's not really going to ultimately change where he ends up. We might have to do things in a little different way, but that's okay. And I'm up for it. And, um, you know, so yeah, it's this high school, this high school time. I know we've got some parents out there who have high schoolers and it's Mm -hmm. an interesting time. It's exciting. Um, and it just brings new, new milestones, new transitions. And, um, we're just here to help him navigate all through that. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, it's like, you don't know exactly where he's going to end up or what the future holds, but, um, just from this conversation, it's pretty clear that he has a very loving and supportive mom who is going to be there for him. So I have no doubt that he is going to succeed in whatever he decides to do. Well, I appreciate that so much. I really do. And I do want to thank you for doing this podcast. Um, I, you know, again, early in the journey still, uh, but when Mm -hmm. we, we did get the diagnosis, of course I'm searching and I found your podcast and it's been such a great source of support for me. I, I know a couple of people locally where I live with, with, with kiddos with autism, um, but I don't have like a big support network in, in person. So your podcast has really been a great support to me and your guests are great. I love the fact that you share about autism, the, you know, you keep it real and you, <laughs> you share the challenges, you share the, the successes. Uh, but you also talk about other topics, you know, besides autism, which I love that too. You talk about, you know, your wellness journey, you talk about other things besides that. I think it's easy for us as parents to get wrapped up, you know, in our kiddos and, you know, the, all the appointments and mm-hmm. IEPs and all those things that we, we have on our plate. And so it's fun to hear you talk about other, 
other topics too. You know, you talked about, um, you know, your marriage or expanding your family or all those different topics. I just love it. So thank you so much for doing this uh, podcast. It's, it's great. I really appreciate it. I am just smiling from ear to ear. Thank you so much for saying that. And I'm, I'm so glad to hear that you appreciate all the different topics that, that really does mean so much to me. Cause I, I, I get so much out of doing this show. Um, and it, it really is like such a passion project for me, but just hearing that other people appreciate it and it's resonating. It just, it means the world to me. So thank you so, so much. You are very welcome. Well, it has been just a delight to chat with you today. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Nicole. Thanks for having me. All right. You take care. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Nicole. Isn't she just great? I love chatting with her. It was so funny because her and I, even before we started recording, we were chatting away. And then after we finished, we were chatting away. Um, she is, she's just someone I could talk to forever. And I just love hearing her perspective on, on everything. Again, when you, when you have a little bit of a different story and just sort of coming into this, we had talked about in the episode, but I feel like so many of us feel like we are like playing catch up when, our kids get diagnosed even at a young age. So I, I just, I can imagine how, you know, Nicole felt with a teenager then being like, Oh my gosh, like there's this whole world that we're like just kind of being thrown into. Um, but again, it's like, we, we all handle things in our own way. And I just think that she has like such a great attitude and perspective. And I, I just, I just loved hearing about, about their whole journey. So that is all for today. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I always love hearing from you guys. If you, like Nicole, are a listener who would like to share your story and be a guest on the podcast, I would love to have you. The best way to do that would be an email. If you would send me like a little background, a little backstory, and what you'd like to talk about if you were to come on the show, that would be wonderful. I have had many awesome recordings happening lately and some really good ones scheduled, so I'm super excited for everything on the books right now. Um, and again, I was just want to say if you are enjoying the show and you'd be so kind to leave a rating review on Apple podcast, I would really, really appreciate it and get to get us to 200 ratings. So exciting. So that is all for now. And until next time, take care.